You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Nigel, I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Evo Exchange. Uh, I'm joined today by Kate, Kirti and Abhinav. Uh, we will be discussing the importance of mentoring uh, within tech teams. Um, we, we have a few questions to go through, but before we do that, uh, we, we'll get everyone to introduce themselves. So, Kate, if, if you could start by introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nigel. So, Kate, I'm um, Head of Engineering in uh, Zero, uh, based in Melbourne. Uh, looking after teams in the financial services portfolio. Um, I started my journey in the IT industry about 20 years ago, started as an engineer fairly quickly, uh, rolled into um, leadership roles. Um, Really grateful for being in this industry and all what it offers. yeah, and uh, my recent roles, I've been, before coming to Zero, I was a CTO of a small startup in the uh, food industry, and now three years in Zero. Lovely. Uh, Abhinav, um, if, if you could introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm Abhinav Gaj. I'm actually a program delivery lead for Tabcorp. It's been 15, 16 years in the industry, and I've had like very different roles throughout my career. And, and Today's topic resonates really well with me because I've got like great people to work with, great mentors throughout my journey. Um, this topic is really close to my heart because I actually do the mentoring program at Melbourne University. It's a STEM program. So every year you get like a couple of people to mentor. So that gives me like an international exposure or at the same time what the new generation is thinking about. So really excited to be here. Love it. And Kirti, uh, last but definitely not least. Oh, that's all right. uh, very good evening, Nigel, and my fellow panelists for this uh, session. Thanks for inviting me in the first place. I'm Kirti. I'm leading the practice for application development, integration, and transformation in Fujitsu. Uh, Been in IT for about 20 years. In fact, I started my career with mainframe programming, which many do not believe. And I shifted my career into solution architecting and then moving on to founding one of the founding practice members within my old company to start DevOps related work a a decade ago, which was again a big journey myself. And then uh, right now into delivery space. So kind of been on an end-to-end IT life cycle playing multiple roles within the industry. Happy to be here. Perfect. Um, all right, then. So I suppose we, we have a few questions or submitted, um, which which we will get to. But I, I think before we get into them, I think maybe we should just define, I suppose, what mentoring is or, you know, what it looks like from, from maybe your perspective. Um, so, yeah, if, if anyone wants to have a, have a go at defining mentoring um, and what it is. Yeah, I think we can go, you know, with mentoring is a kind of, you know, it's a relationship between two parties where one party has the experience and the other one wishes to know more about that particular domain where, you know, the, the first one have the experience with. Um, yeah, for me personally, mentoring is is like 
you know, a curious, you know, a window into my curiosity to try and see what, what else can I learn uh, given my experience. Uh, and I, I love it because I keep on being surprised. Right. Yeah, spot um, on, Dave, actually. Yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a two-way relationship and I've been into both sides of the, both sides of the fence. So I know that, you know, sometimes you meet people at workplace or, in some some meetups or something and you said oh, I can do this thing or I I probably have the skills to do that but I don't know how to do that so you know that's where the mentors come into picture and they can guide you and we, they, they can have a journey together so you you know you identify a person who has that same who has done the same thing which you aspire to do so you can build that relationship so yeah it's, it's a two-way journey it's, it's fun yeah Absolutely, and I think it's a good lead to, to, uh, to me, I would side or balance it equally between the mentor and the mentee because it, there's a misconception that mentoring relationship or mentoring programs are just only for the mentees who are kind of taking it. It's rather, it's it's equal. There is there are equal benefits to the mentors as well as to the mentees, and in fact, I would put it the other way in saying that many a times. Mentees think that they need to choose a mentor, but it's the other way. The mentors choose the mentee, and uh, that is a that's even more a much better successful journey. It's not that I'm demeaning that the mentee shouldn't be choosing a mentor. All I'm saying is it's equal, and mentors definitely do get benefited out of it. And starting from let's say building a leadership quality, imagine even in any organization, without we finding our successor, we don't vacate our seat. You know what I mean? It's a, it's yeah. something that we need to, we need to nurture with within our teams and within organizations and and uh, with any mentoring relationship. It's give and take, and not just take or not just give. That's that's my view of how I look at mentoring as a as a full blown long term relationship. Right. Yeah. All right. That's uh, yeah. Good. Some well defined now. I think think mentoring. So. I suppose we'll move on to to Kate's question, um, which is how to make uh, mentoring available to everyone. Um, which yeah, it's pretty interesting. So maybe some context, I suppose, around that question, and and we can get into the answers then. Yeah, I think you know. Uh, I think what led me to get this one is because. Um, of our mentorship, you know, listening to you know what my peers are saying, it's like something which is supposed to be very natural. But I don't think we see that enough around us. At least I don't see that. It's it's not too common as much as I think it should be, because I think this is actually a tool for to expedite the growth of both, like Krip um, uh, said, you know, both a mentee and the mentor gets lots out of it, and it can get us, you know, to be aware of more. But I think a lot of mentors are a lot of potential mentors actually think. Uh, I don't know if I can be a good mentor or the other way, you know, mentees are sometimes shy of asking. Uh, and I think, you know, we should, it should be like, uh, don't be shy to, uh, to become a mentee and don't be, you know, and don't be, don't underestimate yourself as to what you can bring to the, to this conversation as a mentor. Uh, you, it doesn't take too much. A year of experience in something already gives you a great advantage in onboarding uh, grads, for example. 
uh, or or someone who's who didn't try you know that particular uh, tech stack or or something else that you are now good at. So I think you know my my question to myself and and the others would be how can we make it something which will be far more common for everyone. So if I just get to here, uh, I mean, now, for example, talking about something, but you know what, you know, I don't know enough about that. Please mentor me about it. You know, and it doesn't have to be, it's not something formal. We don't have a contract for it. We just forming something, you know, a conversation. So he becomes a mentor for, for myself for that particular topic. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, Kirti or Abhinav? Um, yeah. So I think it's a it's a it's a really good point that you brought up, Kate. Um, there's a I always feel this uh, when again uh, you know it's a great point that you said that of course if you don't know about something we need someone to guide us right so there's a fine line between let's say networking or meeting someone in a in a networking conference and then trying to get some information versus trying to identify a mentor in that circle of networking and say, I have a follow-up conversation, right? So getting an answer to something that I don't know as a, if you may want to call like say flash mentoring, which I call it in my book. I just wanted to introduce saying that I've written a book myself on mentoring. Um, so I call that like something called as a flash mentoring where we get answers to the things we don't know. And that is just one off. Would that work? Yes, it does work for the purpose that it fits. And it's certainly fine because we are trying to help ourselves, uh, uh, you know, guide ourselves in terms of getting those answers from SMEs or experts that we have access to with limited access that we have in this current world. Um, yes, that definitely works. But I wish everyone takes it up and then follows that up as a, as a proper relationship to build that networking acquaintance into a proper mentee-mentor relationship to move forward and progress professionally, right? That 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 does magic to our career. Rather than, um, I mean, rather than just get getting answered to that one question, there are multiple questions as we move forward, which we may or may not get answers, right? I think uh, everyone would agree with that. That as we grow, there are multiple questions that we have with limited answers. Yep, definitely. Yeah, I think the, the point Nigel was discussing here is like, what is there for the mentors, right? So, and in the organization, especially in the in this COVID world, everybody's busy and the calendars are full and then people like, you know, how can we actually make it work? How can we make it practically work? So I think the two things are very important. It, the one thing is that the organization should understand the value of mentor-mentor relationships. So you need to give them some sort of a, you know, time, in your busy calendar and say okay this is book for like the, the way we do for tribes and sessions and things like that we have a dedicated time so that people can so any organization needs to invest in that and the second thing is for especially for the mentors to understand that there's a lot of value for them in in that whole relationship right so you know if you meet the younger generation the they give you a different perspective of not just towards the tech or they are exposed to a lot of things so they can give you a, a different perspective and tech at the same time they can give you a perspective on on life like you know how they think about it how they approach things or so that gives you a lot of great ideas and i think mentors should be always welcoming for that so they should get the communication started and understand what the next generation what 
Keith was uh, talking about the successor, like what the next generation is thinking about and how they approach things. So is that something we can use in our current day-to-day -day work to actually improve uh, the quality of work? So we need to build that relationship and that structure in the organization so that both, not just the main mentees, but the mentors also understand the value in it and they can learn a lot of stuff from there. Perfect. I suppose ju just on that, do you guys think that I suppose, you know, organizations need to have a, I suppose, formal process or framework in place uh, to, to encourage, I suppose, mentorship within their organizations? Um, quite a few organizations have, and you have also quite a few solutions, you know, uh, for mentorship, you know, platforms, you know, such as MentorLoop here, um, there's Plato HQ, there's more. And and you have you know in zero use mentor loop for example, but um, I think a, a lot of big organizations they use that because they want to encourage people to do more mentoring or be mentees or or, or mentors. No, I think it is good. It is good uh, that the kid brought that up. Yeah, each each organization uses you know different products to kind of you know which traditionally started like a buddy mentor or, or new employee buddy relationship type of, you know, anyone who comes through or goes through an induction program on the day one gets assigned a buddy to them. I think traditionally that's what has been happening in the industry for so long. And uh, it has now cultivated into a much more broader sense in the sense that there are programs defined to, and again, there are multiple benefits to it uh, in terms of, let's say, employee retention, improving productivity, and setting their career path to some kind of a developmental growth. And of course, you know, which again comes along with a building that diversity type of culture and building that learning culture. And and also to end it top it all, there is a reverse monitoring of how we can give and take feedback, right? So that that buddy relationship or or in broader terms, mentoring programs, uh, which is either one to one or one to many. Some cases there are mentors who have multiple mentees and, and there are mentors who has just one mentee, but both works and each has different benefits. And uh, of course, everything uh, requires time, effort and cost and energy to be able to yeah. get some expected good outcome for all the parties involved, essentially the organizations which are trying to enable the employees uh, to do much better. Yeah. I think what what uh, to pick up from Keithy's point, I think what I've noticed in certain organizations that when you put in the structure or the framework for the mentor-mentor relationship, it looks like, you know, you've got the the new join, the graduates or the younger generation has to be the mentees and the top level, the execs and, you know, senior managers or that should be the mentor. That's kind of impression the organization gives, especially in the in the bigger organization. But that's that's a misconception, right? So it doesn't not, not everybody wants to be an exec or not everybody wants to go into the management level. A new grad starting in as Java developer wants to get into the data stream or, you know, they, they want to be a tech BA or something. So that relationship, it, it should be zigzag rather than just in one in one direction. So those frameworks, you know, it's they're good to make learning more accessible, but at the same time, they put some sort of restraints as well. So we need to make sure that everybody understands that the value of that uh, that framework and what we are trying to achieve with that. If that makes sense. Yep, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, all right, then I suppose we'll move on to. to oh, sorry. 
sorry, yeah. No, sorry, I was just going to. No, I was just going to make a, a point uh, that Abhinav brought. Yeah, I think what you said is absolutely right. And uh, again, just to just to complement that point in terms of when people realize the benefits of of this mentoring program and also the benefits of individual parties, like I mentioned, mentors or mentees and the organizations. And if those benefits are, it's not about just listing the benefits, it's about realizing the benefits and also the time it takes to realize the benefits. And obviously yeah. there are definitely low hanging fruits for many of these programs. And, and, and if it's a result-based uh, uh, outcome-based mentoring programs, it's it's much more better. And, and some of the missing pieces there would be like, yeah, it's a given that mentees are getting benefited, but it is not taken for granted that mentors are getting benefited as well, right? Um, but but again, that education, it's like mentoring the mentor. I think that that is what, uh, it's like teaching the teacher in the old terms, right? So mentoring the mentor has has kind of been trending for quite a bit now in terms of saying that people start uh, starts to ask, what do I get out of it, right? So I'm going to spend this time away from the work that I'm doing, out of the client work that I'm doing. What do I get? You know, that's a question that many do ask. And in fact, early in my career, I asked the same thing, but uh, it's out of maturity that we get to a stage where, of course, we do realize those benefits, right? So we build ourselves in terms of a personality. And our personal nature could be a bit different from our professional nature, to be honest. But how do we how do we strike that balance of we trying to build ourselves as a matured professional, right? How to become a seasoned professional, trying to handle a crisis situation, you know, staying calm, let's say, for example. Of course, everyone reacts. But how do I stay calm when there is a crisis? How, what if there is a priority one issue and still talk normally? So that's something which comes out of maturity. But, and of course, everything is a learning and, and we do learn it from the mentors we have. And thanks to my mentors, who I'm so grateful for, uh, where we're able to articulate our thoughts in a way that we can communicate and also start listening to people as well. And listening, again, is, is the most, uh, it's an art, <laughs> right? Getting to yeah. listen and, uh, and and then sharing our views. And uh, and that's that's part of, that's a great culture or that's a great nature to have in this mentoring relationship. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so I so that kind of touched on it earlier on and touched on a little bit there. And um, but Kirti, I suppose your kind of point was the benefits of mentoring to the mentor uh, as well as mm -hmm. the mentee. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the things that you you said here, a lot of, you had a lot of important things to say, uh, which I deeply agree. Uh, and I think it's, by the way, speaking of a business, I don't think it's it's not easy to measure the value of mentoring. I think, you know, I think it has a very high value. And, and looking again, looking at companies, many leading companies having programs for mentoring, I think it's already, it is noticed, but I think it's, I would be keen, if you have a good way to measure success, I'll be always happy to hear more, uh, and maybe you do. Uh, I do, and I do. I do agree with you. I think with every mentorship relationship that I have, mentoring relationship that I have, I, I learn a lot, and I try to expand that again beyond the organizations that I work in. 
Um, so because I would like, this is also an opportunity for me to actually question, you know, there is the norms that I have within my org, but maybe they can be challenged by better things outside. Uh, maybe in Australia, maybe outside Australia. Um, so every opportunity that I have like that, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And it also helps me as a leader to actually identify patterns, repeated patterns. And, and I think it's, it's, it's then, I think, you know, when I come to my own world, you know, and my own work, bringing all that knowledge back, it gives me a lot, many more tools to try and handle situations. Okay, because I understand how it is in the context of, of different, you know, different organization, different thinking. Um, and so I think, you know, there is so much wealth of knowledge that a mentor can get through this relationship. And in addition to another benefit is just, you know, uh, very, being very selfish. I feel really good if I had a session, you know, a mentoring session where the other party is actually happy. This is like, for me, it's like a miracle each time, you know, because you feel like, oh, we did, we just, we just talked, right? But, but then, yeah. and, and you feel like you didn't do anything exceptional because you're sharing your own walk, you know, it's not that you, know, you didn't do anything now, you know, for the benefit of this specific conversation, but it still is like, I think it's a really awesome, you know, thing that you can, uh, that gives you more energy to 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 do your things and continue improving and and learning yeah absolutely kate and i that reminds me one of the scenario i met with one of my mentees from uni and she was like really excited and happy to meet me and i was like we're just having a chat what's exciting she's like first of all i got access to somebody who has done this or who's been doing for a while so which actually can help me like to understand this thing and the second thing is now, you know, I can ask more questions. I have doubts and I'm now more confident about my decision of going to that path. So that's um, that's what I'm excited about, even if you haven't shared a lot of information. And to to touch on your point earlier, uh, Kate, that I think the most confusing thing in this mentor-mentor relationship is that mentoring is not coaching, right? When, when you say coaching, like if I want to get into a different stream or different areas of tech, somebody can coach me. And in today's world, there are a lot of other resources to be, you know, to get coaching from. Mentoring doesn't stop there. It's actually opening the gates. It's opening the communication. You know, it's like, for example, I'm mentoring somebody and I know the Kirti is probably hiring someone or looking for a junior resource. And, uh, you know, I can just say, hey, Kirti, have you met Nigel? You know, you know we've been talking about these things. And he's a great guy. You know, and then you, you transfer that confidence from you to somebody else and, you know, that guy can get an opportunity and that would lead to uh, retention in the organization or, you know, your employees start loving the organization because not just the mentor, mentoring, mentoring theme, it's more about getting opportunities in the same organization. So that could be, you know, one of the potential benefit, I would say. Again, hard to measure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, since we're talking about measuring there, I thought I'll, I'll, I'll probably spin an idea that could, uh, you know, resonate with the other fellow panelists and Nigel yourself. So let's take, for example, a, a classic one in IT industry, like project management. And we, we pretty much, you know, hook ourselves up to efficiency and control of the project, right? So, and that's, that's been, that's, that's always the case. And of course, there are measures where we 
essentially take control of cost, time, and effort. But when, let's say we inject mentoring into an aspect like project management. And it's an interesting thing when I did my own independent research in trying to understand a deeper level of how can I sandwich mentoring into measuring aspects of project management. Think about, and that too, and this was all post Post COVID experience or or during the COVID experience, right? And that's the and the, and the, and the book is a result of that as well. So, imagine we injecting well being and care into project management, well being and care of the employees or the resources working in a project. Consider that as part of your measurement in efficiency and control of managing your project. That 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 actually moves the lever a bit in terms of am I just focusing only on the project outcome with my best utilized happy resources or am I achieving the project outcome with my worn out I need a break project resources right so that's so, so the mentoring aspect of this injected into the project management helps phenomenally when we have these mentored group of people into the project to maintain and control the efficiency for a better outcome, as opposed to just measuring the efficiency of cost, time, and effort. So that, that's, that's how we kind of tr start to measure the mentoring aspect of uh, a, a mentoring relationship or mentor or a mentee's outcome when we inject those into many of these aspects, like either project management or trying to uh, implement or implement or do a business initiative, which has a potential outcome for something which is going to increase the revenue, anything that you consider within any industry, I think the care and well-being should be injected as a measure, as one factor. That's my view on how do we want to actually start measuring these aspects of is mentoring working or is it just a, a namesake aspect of uh, a program that is existing and sitting and, you know, just ticking a box, right? That, that's, that's my two cents in terms of how do we want to inject that mentoring measure into things. Well, interesting, interesting. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose on that then, I suppose, yeah, any other benefits then, I suppose, uh, you know, from mentoring, I think I kind of touched on, I suppose, maybe the satisfaction that, that it gives. Um, I suppose, is it also potentially a doorway into kind of leadership, you know, it could be the first sort of maybe leadership experience um, that exactly. the mentor has? Yeah, I think it's it's very. I I really think it's a good uh, way to do it. You know, one of the things that leads me to do more and more mentoring is you know be following you know the saying you know be the change you want to see. Uh, and one of them is you know we I want I want those who follow me to have their way. I don't want them to fall for the same you know mistakes or or have the same hardship. Um, and these are, you know, and, and knowing that maybe I, I managed to ease it a little bit or save a few pains, I mean, that, that gives me a lot. 
Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, anything else there, I suppose, on the benefits, or would you like to move on to the next question? So, I mean, at least, for, I mean, for, in terms of benefits, yes, leadership, yeah, building that leadership, and, uh, you know, pretty much the organizations these days either work in one or two ways. So one is a pyramid type of leadership, and I think which everyone knows. The other one is a matrix type of leadership, which is a bit more complex uh, to work out because, uh, again, there are one-to-one, one-to-many, or many-to-many relationship and, and engagements. And, uh, in fact, there are organizations which I worked for I shouldn't be using the term forced, but still, for the lack of words, there are forced collaboration that is being practiced in terms of, okay, no, you should get together so that we work together, right? Um, and of course, there are different functions, different departments, um, different projects that's going on, but people start working in silos and they don't much uh, know about what's going on in the other world. So the executive leadership teams kind of build these programs to enable that collaboration so that we get together and start talking to each other, get to know what's happening in the other side of the world, and which essentially, again, um, you know, leads to identifying more professional uh, mentors, if you may, so that we get a totally different perspective of how do I address or how do I deal with the situation from a person who has not been within my function because I might or they might end up thinking the same thing on how do we deal with it because I'm from, let's say, infrastructure and I don't know how the application side of business works. Or let's say there is someone else who works with cybersecurity who might or might not know how uh, infrastructure works. You know, there are different aspects to it. And and uh, one problem has like 177 solutions, right? So. Um, so it's about trying to get different perspectives and learning new perspectives is 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 a is a is a gem which uh, we tend to miss. And that new perspective, unless we get together, start talking to people, will never be known to us. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Perfect. Um, so I, I suppose then we'll move on to I suppose the, the next question, um, which I suppose myself and Abhinav, uh put put together. I suppose uh, working obviously nowadays everyone's well originally during COVID was you know fully remote, um, and now obviously it's uh, a bit hybrid, or some people are still remote and some people back to the office. But I, I suppose the question then is like how to I suppose effectively accommodate that that kind of mentorship, uh, you know, within a hybrid and remote working environment. Um. Yeah, um, I found that, you know, beforehand, all my all my mentorship relationship, I think, have been in person. It was rarely on call, on the call. And um, but since COVID, it changed. And it is definitely a challenge because everyone has fatigue from the multiple. I think we're all now facing much, many more meetings than we had before. Uh, But right now, everything, almost all my uh, mentorship are remotely. And the good part is that it's, you know, expanding me to people which are not in Melbourne, 
and not in Australia. So that's that's the good thing. But the, yeah, the downside is that our relationship are only uh, virtual. You know, they, we've never met, and it's pretty sure that you know we're lacking something. But I think it's still for the essence itself. You know, I think we're still doing a good thing. I even you know had like a case. I have someone. Um, she's based in Sydney, and I was uh, away overseas for two months, and she needed something, so she just called me, and you know we could have a session. You know, while I'm overseas, that was like like I'm I'm here. So um, it's it's a good question, and I think you know it's uh, there's here double sides for. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just following to your point, Kate. I think it's a, it's a, uh, you know, two sided sword. You know, it, it gives you access to more resources, access to more mentors or mentees across the globe. You know, time zones. At the same time, you miss that physical touch. You know, you sit together and not just talk about the stuff in terms of mentoring talk about like you know uh, your personal experiences or what's happening in life in general you know and talk about the cultural things like you know what and so it's it's and again uh, to, to make it more effective i think the men mentees have a, a little bit more role to play more than the mentors so they have to make it like a chris agenda what they want to understand from the mentors and build that relationship and it's very hard when you're actually doing it virtually so yeah i mean it's it's it, i think it's a work in progress sort of a thing people are still though it's been two and a half years of people are still learning and you know especially when it comes to mentoring or those kind of which actually require that physical interaction and you know the uh, coffee on the same table sort of a thing people are used to getting those stand-ups doing in the virtual world or the other things happening in the virtual world but these kind of more i don't want to use the word intimate but those those you know meetings should it's still hard in the virtual world yeah no i still miss my uh coffees <laughs> in person right which is uh which, which is which is the greatest thing? One, I miss the coffee from outside Melbourne as a Melbourneite, <laughs> and uh, also miss the coffee with friends and the mentors and mentees and professionals. So that is that is something. Um, but yeah, remote mentoring or remote relationship has been a bit of a challenge. I, I totally agree with uh, Kate and Abhinav. It's uh, we live in a different world. It's it's quite challenging a bit. You know, it's a bit time consuming. You know, trying to fix, let's say, audio or video issues to start with, and yeah. and and not much of a touch and feel and all that. Um, so I I totally agree. But would that stop me from trying to be transparent and have an open conversation? No, it shouldn't stop us. It should definitely yeah. not stop us from having that conversation. It is just that. We start to live in a new world where we are able to connect and look at us only virtually. It is probably just a, a shift, a mental shift that uh, me, uh, from my perspective, me as a person going through for the past two years to feel that, okay, this is what it is. And we have to be behaving as same as how we used to behave when we are in person, right? It takes a, it takes that, it's a mental journey. It's like even wearing, let's say a suit for a video call, right? Uh, do we wear it? We don't. But uh, when we don't wear it, 
we literally stumble to kind of use those professional terminologies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a bit hard to to kind of get to that level of mental shift in our minds because we're so exactly. used to doing it. And we have to yeah. make that transition into a world where we're just looking at everyone in the screen and, and still try to have a similar conversation. <laughs> right? No, so, um, yeah. Yeah. You, Kirti, you just reminded me that, you know, one thing that I do try you know, I, I don't usually have like, you know, this mentorship, I do try to, to have them with a video, you know, so I wouldn't do it while, I'll try not to do it while walking or something. So it will be like, give some more personalization to it. Um, yeah, because, you know, sometimes I say, you know, because some of my, these conversations of, you know, these mentorship sessions will happen during my lunchtime. And then I said, well, at least I, you know, may, I wish I could walk outside and have it, but I think, you know, it probably wouldn't, I, I wouldn't sound as, you know, dedicated to the conversation. So I feel, and I just wonder how do you cope with it? Because uh, this is how my high person, I don't feel that it's good, you know, it will be good enough for me to do it outdoors. Um, yeah. yeah. No, totally with you on that. Absolutely. You're totally right. Multitasking. Mm-hmm has become a norm these days. Okay, I'm going to be on the call and I'm going to start cooking something, right? Which is something... (laughs) Though though there are benefits to it, but in terms of having that that personal connection, uh, that's a bit of a a bump, in my view. But we'll get there. You don't get that zone, you know? Yeah, I think the virtual world is distracting. As soon as the screen is open in front of you, somebody's emailing you or there's a Slack message coming, which distracts you, especially when you are sitting in a cafe, grabbing a coffee, you know, it. You know it, it's going to take an effort to actually understand the person and what in either roles, like, you know, what, what the mentee expects from you or what the mentor expects from you. So you, you, you put an extra effort to build that relationship Whereas in virtual world, anything can distract you, you know, so it's hard. We'll get oh, there guys. as a as a as a, as a yeah. group of good humans. <laughs> we will. I'm, I'm sure we've done great things in the past, and I'm sure we will definitely do greater things in the future. So positive. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, I I wonder. Well, probably not as good, but obviously there's a lot of like virtual reality or kind of metaverse type office kind of scenarios <laughs> coming up. I wonder. I wonder how long before mentors are being, or mentees are being mentored in a metaverse somewhere. That'd be probably be the yeah. next step. Um, all right, so we'll go on to, I suppose, one last question then, um, which is, I suppose, how to encourage as senior members of teams to, I suppose, become mentors. Um, and then also the flip side, how to encourage junior members to maybe take up a mentorship. I, I do that, you know, when I have um, one-on-ones mainly with uh, what we call skip level. You know, I encourage people, I direct them to our, our platform of a mentorship and, and encourage them to, to participate. And in both ways, you know, mentees and mentors. Uh, so this is not for senior members, but um, um, I definitely should do more with senior members. That's for sure. 
No, that's a that's a good point. I think one of I think was it Kate or Abinaw? They brought a point about um, you know being shy to talk to people. I don't know who was it, but yeah. but yeah, that's that's a that's that's an important aspect, right? Yeah, we are different personalities, and each one is someone is very comfortable, someone is not, and uh, it comes by nature. It doesn't mean that they're not talking well. It is just that they break that. They, they do that ice breaking or they, they just, you know, find that line to, uh, you know, start building that relationship, you know, which takes its own time. But 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 for everyone, it is definitely doable. But the point is the seniors or the juniors have to realize that they need to come out of that zone to be able to, one, why am I here working as a professional for an organization? And if me as an individual has to succeed, the organization as everyone should succeed as well. And that has to sink in really deep so that we take additional steps. And that one of those steps is mentoring. And we either becoming a mentee or a mentor doesn't really matter, but we need to get into that mode of a relationship where we are open to either receive help or open to provide help. And only when we realize that this is for us as well as others, it is not just for us, it is also for others. So that realization does happen and it happens over a period of time. And of course, uh, the individuals that are coming on board to, in the organizations uh, with, a, with a lighter CV or profile, uh, comes with a different, totally different mindset. Uh, you know, it, it's not that, uh, I mean, I don't want to put it on a negative light that they're not mature or seasoned enough. That's not my point. What I'm trying to say is they come with a completely different generational shift on how a professional workplace should look like. But a seasoned professional might think in a totally different way. But it's about just bringing both of them together to for a broader and a better outcome for the organization. Only when that is realized, this whole aspect of a different generational relationship can be built. It's a marriage. It's a happy marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, just just picking from no, just picking from Keith's point, like you know, uh, I think it's very important, especially for the mentees, to just ask. Just ask the mentors, like if they can help them or guide them, or you know, just just uh, just a conversation. Like it's not that hard. Worst can happen is that they would say they don't have time, but at least you've tried, and you can try a different person. So don't be shy. It's just just reach out to people. And one thing very important is that not the brightest person or the smartest person around is a best teacher. So people didn't have a abundance amount of information. They, they've succeeded in their career, but they probably don't know how to transform that information or you know, give that information to somebody else. That's where building that happy marriage comes into picture. You know, start the conversation, build a relationship. You don't have to ask like a question answer kind of a session. You can have like, just like what happened? Tell me your, your life journey. Tell me, tell me your career journey, how you transform, you know, what sort of people you have met in your career. What did you do to transform from eight? to be and those conversations can give you the answers what you're looking for rather than having a structured or a question answer kind of an approach you know so again i think we're going back to the, the first minute of this conversation is it's a relationship and you have to build that relationship and 
it matures and grows with time organically, I would say. Yeah, look, listening to both of you actually highlighted to me how much mentorship is related to culture of trust in the, in the organization. I think the more trust we have, the easier it will be for people to reach out to others to ask to be mentored or for mentors to feel comfortable in offering their services. And uh, I think, you know, these two needs to be bounded together. Um, so the more you build an open, you know, culture of trust, you know, the team to trust each other, I think the more mentorship you're going to have and vice versa. Yeah. And I think one more good point from your statement, Kate, that the people managers, they have a role to play there. So when you have like your one-on-ones and uh, your development plans, if you're talking about like what I do with my team is to understand what they are trying to do next or the, what they aspire to and take it away from that conversation and reach out to the people who can actually help. So sometimes if the mentee cannot directly, he's shy or, you know, he's directly, can't directly contact people, you can become a channel as a people leader. That's very important in the organization and say, hey, Keith, you have this knowledge. My guy is looking for it. Can you have a chat with him? So, you know, since you have moderated, it gives more confidence for both the parties to actually start that conversation sometimes. So, yeah, that might work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the I mean, t- t- listening to to both the comments there. So imagine people managers with a really large team, right? So it it does uh, sometimes. I mean, I'm talking from my experience in terms of me trying to have a one-on-one conversation with all my team members would take sixty days. So uh, that's a cycle of sixty days I need to take to talk to every person dedicated one-on-one discussions and uh, it's it's really essential and i feel that it's really important to have that connection as well and uh, you won't believe i maintain a file for every every team member that i have to to be able to one understand what each person is all about right but it's uh, i'm I look, I look at all of them like a, um, you know, if we go into a, let's say, a health clinic, they bring up your file to have a conversation with you, right? So, I mean, it it, it helps me as a person to to be able to understand and 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 bring up the history and and then suddenly because you're taking you're taking your time and the other person is taking his or her time to have that conversation as well, so. I, I shouldn't be just looking at the numbers. I look at them as a person. I look at them as a human, a fellow human, which which gives me my special reason to connect with them rather than me yeah. trying to get a task done, which might probably not. I mean, as, as a personality myself, as a human, we coexist and we hear them, we listen to them, we understand the problems or issues or whatever that is, and then start talking about what we want to talk about as opposed yeah. to okay that those are the three boxes i need to tick i did done bye no that's not essentially probably a, a, a good conversation even for a normal meeting i would say even for a mentoring uh, meeting absolutely not and uh, and again uh, to to uh, you know coming back to the to the original point of relationship it's absolutely important what is the relationship without trust Fair point. Spot on there. Trust. Absolutely. How do I build trust? Takes time. We put an effort. It's instant gratification doesn't work in mentoring. 
It's not social media, yeah. by the way. I can't bump it up with 10,000 likes immediately. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect, guys. There's uh, anything else anyone wants to, I suppose, touch on uh, around the topic uh, before we wrap up? No, just uh, it was very interesting to listen to the different views here. I mean, uh, I think we had a lot of things we had in common, but I got here a few new ideas <laughs> to ponder on. Yeah. No, it was wonderful, Nigel. Wonderful, uh, good uh, bringing uh, different perspectives. And I think uh, it greatly helps. I think such conversations uh, are absolutely interesting. Anytime I, I, I go either to networking conferences and, and uh, you know, always getting new perspectives, refreshes our mind, reminds us that we can, we can do more and we can do better, right? Thanks to you and thanks yeah. to Kate and Abhinav for, for their. Mm -hmm. no, thanks, thanks, Kirti. And I think uh, from my perspective, whosoever will be listening to this podcast, I think the good takeaway is to understand that it's not a hard thing to do. You just need to reach out to people. There are a lot of people there to help you. And I mean, it, it just start the conversation and you can build the relationship organically and learn a lot from each other, not just as a mentee, but even as a mentor. So I learn a lot from younger generation when I talk to them. You know, that, that makes me feel young sometimes, you know, or sometimes make me feel like a fossil, you know, because they know a lot of things, they're exposed to a lot of things. So... Yeah, it's, it's a, it, it, I always come back with a, with a smile, so it, there's no harm trying that experience. Oh, I, I mean, good that you said that, uh, Abhinav. I chose my uh, the title of the book with the ideas from my son. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah totally. You're the right. international students, Kirti, who are coming to uni, they are roughly 20 years younger than me. You know, so <laughs> when I talk to them, it makes me feel sometimes really old when I look at their profile, but when I talk to them, it's like, okay, you know, and you feel proud about your own achievements as well because they want to learn from you. So, and they they appreciate your career journey, so which actually makes you feel good about yourself, which you probably don't realize in a day-to-day -day life. You know, you're not just a professional or a tech professional. You are a, you're a parent, you are a, you're a son, and you, you get your husband or wife, you get busy with your own things. You don't appreciate your own efforts. So these mentors or mentees can actually sometimes help you appreciate your own self-worth sometimes so you know it's an overall it's a relationship it's a journey yeah perfect that's, that's uh yeah uh, excellent way to i, I think finish up uh, a, lov a lovely note so look guys thanks very much uh, for joining joining us today on the evolution exchange um T thanks Kate thanks Kirti and of course thanks Abhinav it's uh, quite enjoyable and very very insightful into the topic uh, around mentoring uh, within tech teams so thanks very much guys thank you